Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. That's fine. Hi, everyone. This Hi. is a special for Little Church Leaders. So And their teams. And their teams. So the level of professionalism, which, as you all know, is really high, um, is, is maintained. It's James and Wayne. Yep. We're uh, socially distanced in the bunker. We thought, as we get to the end of July and the end of Genesis, uh, that we would record something where we're just going to have a conversation about what we think God's been up to and yep. where we think um, church is headed. And by church, I think I... I think I mean more than BNA. I think what God's up to, um, as far as I can see, in the West and in post Christendom. Yes. Okay. We could be here for hours. <laughs> we could be here for hours. Um, but but Liverpool will be on TV soon. So yeah. Right. Um, let's start with you said I was to ask you about the four P's. Yeah, the four P's of this pandemic for me. The four P's of the pandemic. This is brilliant. This is like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a Baptist preacher's dream. Yeah. The four P's of pandemic. James, P number one. Uh, panic. Panic. Okay, what do you mean so by that? first few weeks of, oh my goodness, we've got to do this whole new thing. Plus us wanting to bring church online as well as um, uh, what we were doing in terms of close on Sunday. So we basically rewrote the website. And because we recognize that actually our whole, the thing that we've been working for over the last couple of years was communicating with people and doing digital discipleship. So we're not just doing ministry in person. And then, of course, this moment happens where everyone's online. So it was kind of panic. Um, first P. Yeah, although I would like to say about panic, um, as you're listening to this, you might go, panic kicked in for different people so from my experience of the early weeks was adrenaline rush yes. you know so actually i had to kind of like if i could bottle the the um the working ethic i had when i rebuilt a website in 36 hours and, and use that for the rest of my life I, I you know i'd make bill gates look like you know a kind yeah. of a, a lightweight um panic kicked in for me um i think sort of much later when i a little bit got tired and then when i realized beginning even before boris said we could begin to think about how we might meet that lockdown was easing and i thought it was easy getting in getting out i couldn't well you're much better than me than this seeing i was like and that's when panic kicked in when suddenly there were too many options for me yeah uh, okay yeah so so and that's to yeah, say I'm, that i think panic is part of this yeah, for everybody, yeah, I'm, but I'm we will have all of, we'll have all have panicked at different moments yeah okay panic panic second p um, i don't know you can tell me the second p <laughs> As the prophetic, I think um, it was a conversation with Alan Canapel back in April. If people don't know who Alan Canapel is, uh, Alan is a, an American friend of ours, rector of an Anglican church just outside Detroit. And he and I were talking because we were trying to work out what the Lord's doing in the context of this pandemic. And we ended up waiting on the Lord in silence. And after five minutes, ended up without knowing it in the same chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah 27. Um, and uh, I think that that shocked me into realizing that actually the Lord's wanting to speak into this. And um, and so we went on a journey as a church, listening to God and seeking to discern what he was saying to us. And that's how we got to that um, that talk that we gave together um, in May um, when we talked about God saying come home because that's what he's always saying in the in the this era of covid19 so not just in the in this first wave of the pandemic but in the years to come as as we probably cope with a recession and anything else that's going to come out of this he's he's knocking out the false foundations of our trust and is inviting us to repent 
and then finally um, that actually he's saying to us in this specific season of, of lockdown let me homeschool you so there's a kind of that, that second period was a, it was a, was a time when um, we were able to listen to God once the, the in essence once the panic and the transition was over and we had stabilized a bit and the hardest thing I mean um, anybody listening who's either been through or has had a loved one who's gone through a very serious illness one of the things that we always you know one of the best advices you're ever told is never go see a consultant on your own mm. always go with somebody else yeah who will sit there and who will listen and who will yeah. ask the questions um because everything's going through your head like a chick 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 yeah, chick yeah. um and that's the same in culture so it's not just about church it's about in our lives at the moment that something like covid19 and lockdown happens our gears are turning so fast that the ability to stop and go what's going on here and to listen to god which as Christians we believe we should do, and to hear from him is something that we have to kind of really train ourselves to do. But what we've seen is that actually he is um, speaking through this and has been prior to it. So I picked up a book early in lockdown, and in the very first chapter the author says, imagine a global pandemic (laughs) uh, struck the world. What would happen to church? And I I went, what? And I flicked it back, and it was published in 2019. So, okay. you know, so, so actually you kind of go, oh, okay. So, got, you know, there's a sense, oh, one of the loveliest things was somebody commented on Facebook about the nature of church, uh, just in the kind of like, you know, I've got a lot of friends on Facebook who do my job for a living. And somebody else who knows our church commented about how um, B&A was positioned for this and had been spending 10 years building structures that would be good for this. And you mm-hmm. kind of go, oh, so, so actually the prophetic is not just what God's saying now, it's what he has been saying. Yes. Panic, prophetic. And then personal, I think actually taking on the the call of God to come home to repent and to let him homeschool me at a personal level has involved um, spending time with God in in quiet and listening to him and and letting him remind me who I am in him and um, allowing him to call me on in my own journey of following him and realizing the things about my life that um, he's quite keen on shifting mm. and changing um, and discovering m- more of what it means to be loved and forgiven and cherished by him um, and and so that's been a that's been a joy um and and, and I, I think I, I, I think I'm I know I'm not alone in in that as well. Yeah, and a recognition that the um the helicopter, a recognition that the personal bit has been for some people it's been um hard because some people have found more time in their hands and an ability to do that. Some people have found more time in their hands and not an ability to do that. Some some people mm. everybody's rhythms have gone out the window. Yeah. Uh, somebody put on the church survey uh, one, of the, one of the barriers to serving and they put my kids are home and then in capital letters all the time you know, <laughs> uh, you know that is that of, your form? <laughs> no it wasn't my form but, but I'm sure as many of us it, and it's not that we don't love our kids yeah. but actually it's, it's weird like you know introverts have said oh it's hard because actually I, I'm you know I, I'm in the house but I'm running the house on my own or Mm. extroverts so everybody's found this this, but God's been speaking to everybody personally yeah uh, and to be open to that so we've panicked we've heard the prophetic we've thought about what God's been doing for us personally final P 
Uh, it's the prophetic again, which is where this conversation really free, starts to freewheel if it hasn't already. Mm-hmm. Um, which is as we we um, our prime minister desires to open up the whole country because apparently everything's now safe, or we need to get the economy going. Choose anyone, any mark in between those two extremes. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not acting. This has nothing to do with my politics, but I do love the fact it, it, it takes an old Etonian Oxbridge educated man to describe a staycation as staying anywhere in the UK other than your actual house. Most normal people, I would, we think a staycation means our own house. But yes, no, indeed. But no, if you've been, <laughs> no so, offence to any Eton Oxbridge educated people listening no. to this, but actually, yeah. so we've all been told to staycation, but he means, what he means is go somewhere else in your own country. So hang on, where which, were we before, before we went down? That Sorry. political cold sake. We were talking about um, opening up the country. Opening up the country, uh, and where were we before that? We were talking about oh yes. So as as the um, w- you know our colleagues were all thinking yeah we get to open up our buildings and we were thinking to ourselves that's the last thing we need to do um, and particularly because this church is more open than it has ever been. More alpha invites, more um, uh, you know more meals served at Soul Food, more connections made with people sharing their faith with others who are not Christians, more exploration of how little churches might make a difference in their communities. And so the last thing we want to do is to add on top of that um, what we were doing before. Um, But that's not just a kind of a um, labour-intensive perspective. That is um, partly the prophetic and a sense of God doing something and reshaping the church. So, you said the big word reformation yeah, this so, morning and then again just before we came on air. Wayne Massey, like tell us why you think this is a reformation. Uh, well, I, I saw it in a tweet. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, somebody else who's not at this church was asking me a question and I responded with a, a very wise line. And they went, oh my word, that's really wise. I said, no, Sandy Miller told me that. And then I said, I think yeah. his predecessor had told him. So so um, everything comes from somewhere else. But a lot of people have been talking about, so the first Reformation, uh, just over 500 years ago, was a re- Reformation of theology, yeah. a rediscovery of um, faith by grace alone. Yeah. And um, there is a sense that I think in the West, definitely there's a Reformation, there's the potential for a refora- Reformation around... Um, not what the church is, not why the church, but how we do church. So I was struck by um, two churches in different ends of the country and their response to the, the ability to open up. Both churches have probably uh, two of the largest staff teams going mm. and two of the largest congregations going and probably were in a position to open up. One of them, the vicar looked down the camera and brilliantly said, we're opening the building, and then went, for weddings and funerals, <laughs> and then went to say, well, like what you did, said actually, but, but we've always been open, and this is what we do, and this yeah, is how yeah. we do it. Um, and then the other one, who was um, uh, Nicky Gumbel, this Sunday said, we're not opening up yet, and we're not opening up yet for a whole host of reasons. Number one, if we all come together, it won't look like what we normally do, yeah. and we're aware of all the people who can't be with us. And then he kind of does a big Nicky Gumbel beam and goes, and anyway, for the first 300 years, the church didn't have any buildings, didn't seem to stop them. And, in, and, and I could just see in his face a sense that actually, I think he's loving what's happening in terms of what the church is doing and how the church is being in this season just like you were saying doesn't want to lose that for the sake of trying to get back to something and and the reformation that's coming i think is 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 a call for the church to truly be the people of god to be a a people of movement and on mission and the problem that we've 
got in the West is we have made um, we have made our theology of place not about being you know I Paul writing to the church in Ephesus or to the church in Colossa or to the church in mm-hmm. um, Corinth, but we've made it about the place, a building in which you need to come to, at which an event will be put on, at which a rota is required to happen, at which everything kind of gets sucked in. And and it's not that place, place is so important in Christian theology, but it's about how we are in that place and what we do in that place. And actually the fact that the place is not the building, the place is a geographical spread of, of where people are. So actually, we should be describing ourselves as, you know, being a the church either side of the Gloucester Road. Yeah. Not, you know, and, you know, and, and that's and I think there's this reformation that's coming where God is saying, will you be um, will you be a people who, who when you gather, you know what you're gathering for when you go, you know what you go for. And, and actually your primary things are, you know, um, bringing glory to the God and, ca- you know, being being truly being a temple being a place where my presence really powerfully dwells um, and drawing other people into that. And then how do you do that in such a way um, that enables people to thrive um, and not to kind of um, suck the life out of them? So now that sounds really bad because it sounds like I'm critiquing everything we've done before and I'm one of the leaders of it and I think what we had before was was wonderful and beautiful in so many ways. So the, so this is part. So this is a step on from where we've been as opposed to kind of going, what we were doing before was was rubbish because it wasn't but it's actually god's calling us into something new i think yeah he is um and we we don't we say we don't know what that looks like but we have an inkling of what that might look like i I think previously we've resisted smaller gatherings on sundays because of the requirements for rotors and safeguarding and all that kind of jazz um, and so there was an effort to bring everyone together under one banner at BNA, especially that was triggered by the the loss of the the heating at um, what's now BNA St Andrews Park, but at the time of St Bart's. But now that we've worked out a way of delivering um, church digitally, it opens up possibilities that we we hadn't foreseen. Yeah. And so there's there's possibilities for us to open up little churches um in or little you know a couple of little churches around a a, a digital act of worship um with stuff that's live um that would enable people to to gather with the people on the fringes of their little church um as a softer way in uh, than a gathering but we we don't we don't know how that's we don't know how that's going to take shape um we we want to get things in the right order. So at the moment, our denomination would say that the first and most important thing is that you open your building and that you have communion weekly on a Sunday. Which, but, interestingly enough, if, let's do a quick bit of church history there. So at the moment, they're saying communion in your building every Sunday, which isn't Book of Common Prayer, yeah. point one, uh, and in one kind, bread only, no yeah. wine. And one of the major things that w- was established in the Reformation was why communion in both kinds was really important. And, and no one seems to have worked that one out, that actually, 
that, that, that we're going... So, so one of the yeah. things that was railed against was that there used to be this priest who stood at the top of a Catholic church and could have wine and bread and everybody else just got bread. And there was a massive load of theological work that went on 500 years ago that said, actually, if we're doing this in remembrance of Jesus, we do bread and wine. And now, uh, yes, I know it's for safety, but there, there are ways around this in terms of individual cups and something. I know, well, what's about the individual <laughs> cup? Yeah. But, we do, you know, but actually, we've made this massively quick decision and said this is what really matters to us and yet actually if you go back in our history as a church it's going back on one of the founding one of the key principles that was flying around when we started so i i think we're at a fork in the road as a local church and as a as a as a denomination you know how how are, are we going to return an attempt to return to something of how we were based upon the rules of how we were or are we going to pursue what i believe to be god's promptings so we talked earlier today about our first meeting in the building being thirst mm. but actually we would want we want to create a space where we are praying and worshiping and and coming before god and seeking him and his purposes and his power for the things that we're doing um rather than offering um communion to to those who who want to have it um so yeah, so I, th- I think there's a there's a fork in the road for us. Um, I, I, one of the things I struggle with is the the language of um, revival. And just to throw another one in there around Reformation, I know that people have talked about you know there's going to be uh, great revivals and there's there's you know desire for God to move in power, um, but I, th- I think one of the the things that I see happening is there's a refining and a pruning that's going on in the life of the church where, um, where God is calling people to holiness. Um, and, um, when he visits Judah, um, after Israel's taken off into, to exile, um, he's, he's basically saying, are you going to be like your, your, your friends to the North? Um, and and that question comes to them and the invitation for them to return to the Lord and, and to render their hearts, not their, their garments, um, comes. And I think God is, is bringing that invitation to us to, to be a people who are, who are holy. And the only way we can do that is through Jesus, which comes back to the stuff that we were talking about in terms of the, the call of God to, to allow him to homeschool us and, and the prophetic speaking into the personal um, that actually he he's seeking a people who will um, who will desire him above everything else, who will allow him to knock out the false foundations of their trust, uh, and and so whatever happens in terms of revival or not revival um, is um, is up to God, um, but actually he's he's calling us to to him and to to want him above everything i think i don't don't know if we're making any sense guys you can um, maybe i don't have restless wanderings yeah i don't have the uh i I suffer from attention deficits so james is gonna have to listen to this afterwards to check that we have made sense before we send this out but i was thinking what i would want what i what i kind of sense in terms of that sense of reformation is that um we are all inheritors of a system of doing church that was rooted in a couple of things. Number one, in a kind of very localized, very localized world where mm. you would walk to your local church. Number two, an agrarian world. So um, 
you know, everybody knows that kind of the main service of the morning is set, you know, actually after the cows have been milked, mm-hmm. basically. That's, that's the, you know, that's why the church, that's, you know, it's kind of when it is. And, um, uh, and, um, and, in the, and in the Christian world, actually a world that was culturally Christian where there was nothing else that went on on Sundays. And, and there's an opportunity um, in this moment to go, if you were seeking to be in to be the church in the world that we live in now what would it look like and and the bible is very clear on what church is like it's it's a gathered people in a place um you know to the saints in either side of the gloucester road or to the saints in north bristol who who, or the whole of bristol or the whole of bristol uh yes the whole of bristol gathered the gathered saints in the whole in bristol um who when they come together are temples of the Form, form the temple, form the place where he dwells. So the living stones are not a building in South Bristol, East Bristol, West Bristol, North Bristol, but are you and me, and that and that he he dwells in and amongst us, and that we we display his goodness and his glory and his greatness, and we lead other people to him. And mm. so the, the biblical understanding of what a church is, um, you know, um, people in a place um, coming who 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 are where God dwells, and with a mission to that place. That's never going to end. The question is how you do it. And all sorts of different things that we've discovered on the way that, you know, by default, we, we, we weren't doing that we should have been doing or that we were doing and you think, why? So, for example, every evangelical church in the country, and we don't mind saying we're an evangelical church, for as long as it's, the internet's been around, has been trying to put its sermon up on a Monday morning so that everybody in this church on Sunday can hear the word. Yeah. Amazing. But none of us have done anything for our families. Yeah. And actually... You know, if you're listening to this and you're 35 years old um, and you skip church on Sunday, you should be big and you've been following Jesus for 10, 15 years. You should be big enough and ugly enough yourself to work out what to do. Um, but if you're 35 years old and you've got a five-year-old kid, actually, I, they're the people who we need to be helping and you to be helping you to help. And none of us have thought about that, but we've discovered that by accident. So in this next season, we need to go, Ooh, how would we do church to enable all of us to thrive as followers of Jesus and to lead other people to faith? And we need to be open to the fact that it might not look like, you know, a morning service with lots of rotors and an evening service with lots of rotors mm. and home groups in the week, which we've always, and that's been part of the journey of BNA to say that's not what we think we are anyway. Yeah. But this gives us a moment to go, oh, what if? <laughs> Indeed. Um, so I think what we would love you to do as you're listening to this is to be uh to be praying to this issue for us as a whole church as to how we transition from homeschooling to making a difference rather than reversing from homeschooling to how we were before the pandemic you're looking at me like yeah that's yeah, I agree right with that. yeah i'll go with that so we say that one again how we can transition from homeschooling to making a difference rather than reversing from homeschooling to how we were before the pandemic so we think god's we we believe passionately that God is is leading us in an, in a new way, and we want you to be involved with us in shaping that. Yeah, and the new way. I was just saying, just saying, the new way is the old way. So it's interesting. We've never, you know. Yeah. We've been talking about little churches for eight years now. We're not stopping talking about little churches, and um, and God has been using people to um, yeah. meet together, pray together, and to share other people yeah. um, Jesus for two thousand years. So He's not going to change that either. So it's a new way, but it will be very consistent with the old way. 
So, th- so that's one thing. I think what we would love for you also, we, we don't often say this, but actually I think we would love, we just really value your prayers. Mm. I, I'm looking across at some beautiful but slightly re- uh, slightly tired eyes. Um, well, I'm not now because he's looking at oh. a whiteboard behind him because he can't pay attention. Um, uh, but um, and and I know that my my eyes are tired as well. And and I think we we just we would value your prayers because we want to lead prophetically with you, and we know that we have a responsibility in the way that we make decisions that um, that lead you. So whilst we're leading together, we know that we 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 are leading at the front, and we want to make sure that we are leading out of God's purposes and with His clarity. And so, um, as you listen to this, please pray for us, um, because we want to, we want to see what God is doing, and we want to, um, we want to join in. Mm. We want to be open and obey, um, like we talked about in the stories podcast we recorded earlier. Yeah. Um, so, I think we're there, aren't we? Yeah. We so, so uh, fire us any questions you have. We love and um, fire us. Please fire us anything that comes to you as an idea, or as a sense from the Lord. Um, so there was just to share stories we end there was a couple of weeks ago you and i both woke up and had a sense of, the, of something from the mm. Lord. And somebody in my little church sent me a, sent wendy a picture which was basically tied the two things together yeah um and so actually god is speaking through all of us so if you get a sense that god is speaking to you for the church please send it to us um we need it thanks for listening